But we're sitting here at Forward Conference 2022, and so we thought we would take advantage uh, for this month's episode of our podcast uh, to bring in Reggie Dabbs, probably one of the greatest mentors of young men uh, that I've ever met. And so um, so we're here today to talk a little bit about uh, the next generation, young people, uh, as pastors, as leaders, what our responsibility is to reach the next generation. And so... Pastor Reggie, thanks so much for joining us today. This is an honor. Absolutely. Both of you. I'm just, they just pulled me out and said, you got to do something. I said, I, then I got here and I'm like, oh, this is good. I already took selfies. You, (laughs) you are, uh, you, Reggie, have probably reached as many young people as anybody I know. And uh, you seem like you have a fresh whole new desire you would think you would start to calm down about it but i i've watched you yeah. even in this conference and you you there's something you're like a man possessed now all over again what's going on with you it just happened a girl came up and she said um i didn't want to come because my dad died oh, <laughs> and you remind me of my dad Wow. And she hugged me and started crying. She goes, but every time you got up this week, he said, I just had this peace. And then I realized that, you know, God took my dad home because it was time. He missed him and he wanted him to be with him. But God left a glimpse of my dad in you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know what you guys were doing or talking about. And I, that just happened. So you, like, you threw me for a loop because... Uh, I just, I want to be, I, I don't mind being that example. Follow me. I'll lead you to Christ. It's, that's where Jesus. we're at right now. And, and we got to be that guy. We got to be that person. We got to be that pastor. We got to be that leader um, to be the shepherd. And, and like Jake said, not the, not the superstar, but the shepherd that, that would love people back to hope, to guidance. So that, and that's been in my heart for a while now to just be that, just love them, love them all. Even if they choose wrong, I'm going to love them. Mm. I want to be one of the hurdles to sin. Mm. You got to jump over wow. me to get to the sin. <laughs> Come That's on. what I want to be. Very Come good. on. And Lord, Lord. it is fresh. It really is. I'm glad you saw that. Very good. There's, there's no doubt about it. And I, I think, too, just the acceptance of, like you said, there are so many orphaned hearts yeah. that are just crying out for a leader, yeah. crying out for a, a, a father, a yeah. spiritual father. Yeah. And that's, that is what your role is, my role at this season in my life. I just listened to one of, uh, one of the greatest sermons I've ever heard in my life. And it was one of the sons in the Lord, Absolutely. Javon Ruff. And, and he just gets up and brings the most powerful message. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, Lord, how many more are out there? I don't know, I don't know how much more time I've got, but I had much rather spend my time shaping those arrows absolutely and shooting them out into the world and that's why really reggie we did and and marcus thank you for being here another arrow another arrow mighty arrow and that's why we did this podcast is because i felt a vacuum of young preachers out there that need um that need people in their life that speak not for any motive or any reason, I don't want a gathering of pastors and stuff for anything they can give me. I, I, I don't need anything from you. But what I do need is you to 
receive what I have because I feel like in what you have and what we have learned together because it's almost like a burden to me now that I've got to find those arrows. I want to be a mighty man and I've got to have arrows in my quiver according to Psalms 127 because a mighty man has sons and daughters in the Lord and they become his arrows and you project them into the future. And uh, that's the weight I feel in this season of my life. And we're the different, we're that other generation. I mean, the guys before us was like, you got to fight. You got to work your way through it. You got to go up the steps. You got to work up the ladder. Then you get to be where I am, where I believe our generation is like, I've already fought. I've already climbed the ladder. Why don't you just take off where I'm leaving off? And I believe God's opening doors for do this right now. In my life, what we're doing, I'm literally this moment because I didn't know it's 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 answering what's been in my heart. I'm in the middle of my master's degree because I've had some universities say, can you come and teach how to give an altar call? Can you come and teach how to flow? It said, it's you great, do this stuff so good and it's so just so good. easy. How to, And I'm like, that is stuff that can be taught. But you have to be willing to sit and learn. And maybe that's maybe that's one of our next conferences. Oh, come on. It is a great. You know, here's the here's the bottom line what the Lord spoke to me recently. Just in the last few weeks, I wrote down the word facilitate. The Holy Spirit. He said, your whole purpose in ministry in this season of your life is not to get up and try to show somebody how you can preach or not try to. We, you know, we never start off with those motives. We don't have those motives no. if you're if you're sincere. Yeah. But you can feel you, you can get so distracted. But if I can, every service, every message, every every person's responsibility, what we're doing here even today is not just bringing information to people. I want to facilitate God yeah. in what I'm doing, in the sermon, in the song, in, in, in see, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. So many don't know how on the end of a message to facilitate God into that room. You are one of the most unique, gifted people in that area. What have you What have you learned about that? What What is the key? Can you Can you give us a few uh, niblets of that? I'll tell you. The first thing is believe in what you're preaching. Literally, when you get up, you got to know what that altar call is. So I start with the altar call and work my way backwards. That's great. Now, and and also everything you're doing in your mind before you speak it out, you know that it's through God, through you, to them. And so to be able to have the faith to get to the end and say, all right, God, show out, let's go. Or hear it in your mind go, you're done. It, the clock could still be at 15 minutes, but when that, in your head go, I'm ready. You step out of the way because you're one with the Holy Spirit. You're wow. one with the presence of God, and he's ready to do what I cannot do. I can't save. I can't deliver. I can't heal. I can love a kid. They can make me cry. I can hug them. I can call it, I can be Uncle Reggie, but he is the one that makes it happen. But to have enough faith to take it there and to believe that God's going to finish it, you got to be able to do that. That's the greatest key in this thing. Believe what you're saying. you got to believe it. That's it. That's it. I, I, I may, I'm amazed what you just said, faith, because that's it. That's what it comes down to. A lot of, a lot of pastors preach the most brilliant, powerful messages, and they get down to the altar call. 
and they don't even have an altar call or anything. And I understand there's different styles. And sometimes I don't bring everybody down. I, I get all of that. But what I love about what you just said is it does take just as much faith to believe what you preached and then expect yes. a response. One time the Lord told me the reason my church would grow is he said, I can trust you. I can trust you with the lost. I can trust you to know that when people walk into your service, you are going to have the lost in mind no matter what you're preaching on. And you're going to bring it back to that. Absolutely. Exactly. Very good. Absolutely. You know, Pastor, one, one, Reggie, one of the reasons we did that, we set out to do this podcast was, you know, millions have been impacted by pastors, uh, ministry and preaching, but few have had a look into his mentoring anointing, you know, his, and, and which is just as powerful, if not more powerful than what the millions have seen. And you're that exact si same yeah. type of person. Oh, absolutely. Where, yeah, it's one thing to see how you are on the stage, but what has gone before you uh, is that's, I mean, top notch, top shelf, grade A. Can't do better than, than what you do on a stage, but what speaks louder is how you treat people off the stage, um, how you're out here in the lobby talking to kids, yeah. greeting kids, loving kids how you go into these cities and one school assembly after another, after another. Then you go to the games that night and you go to the yeah. locker rooms and talk to the kids. None of that you have to do. A lot of people do a school assembly. A lot of people do a, a huge arena, but they won't go and do that other stuff. And what pastor said years ago about you is, is that you get it. You get how to treat people. You get what it's really about. And that's just a small part of it, but it's how you operate. So here we are talking to young pastors young preachers. And when I look at you guys, one of the things I said years ago is I meet preachers along the way, but a lot of them treat people bad and they don't mean to. And I'm not even saying, I'm not, I'm not, it's, it's not, a, I'm not saying about me, but when I would see how you or pastor, how kind you guys are, how you treat people, um, no matter who they are, even when you were at our church, you were out in the lobby in between services. We were trying to figure out how to get Reggie back in because he had to speak again because you just wanted to hang out with the people. So would you, where, where does that come from? Because if God raises, lets me do something in the way that you do it, I hope I can treat people right when I get there. And, and it, it's about people. I mean, from the, I can always get back to my hotel and it's just me and Michelle and I can lay down, take a nap. But the minute, and, and my wife even is great at it, the minute we walk out of the hotel room, even if we go get breakfast in the lobby, we're eating breakfast with the whole room. It's not just whoever's at my table. We're eating breakfast. And they may not even be at Forward Conference, but they may be on vacation, but they met the guy from Forward Conference because he just came up and said hi. It's about people. And, and, and when, you, when you go with that mindset, the devil has a way of putting stuff in. You, you got this going on, that going on. So but good. sometimes you just got to leave your phone in the green room because if it starts humming, it may distract you from what you have to do in that room. And there's nothing more important at that moment than the people you are about to speak to, the people you're about to look at. They're the most important people in your life because God let you breathe long enough to get to that sermon. And I am only as good as the, the next person I get to meet, not the next sermon I get to preach, wow. the next Very person good. I get to meet because that next person might be my next sermon and it may be my greatest sermon. 
It may be the reason why from the, a mom who was a prostitute, I got saved and ended up here. It may not be because of something I do at Forward. It may be something I do with an Uber driver. So It good. just may be that. <laughs> so, so good. good. I, and I lived my life. I, did, I didn't want this. I yeah. didn't. Yeah. I think uh, I'm just emotional today. Yeah, <laughs> I am today? too. I am too. I think Beautiful. too. Uh, the realization, and we go there on this podcast because I like to talk about cultural and current events. The realization really set in to me yesterday while we were having this conference that the Supreme Court made the announcement that they had overturned Roe versus Wade and sending it back to the states, and. Uh, I, I did become a little emotional. I, I know that uh, we stood. We stood as a ministry. I stood yeah. as a yeah. preacher. I stood uh, for the whole purpose that I got involved in any way, shape, or form in, in any way uh, trying to establish a culture of life in America was for the Supreme Court because I understood something spoke inside of me and said, if you are silent and you don't not just get in everything, but say what the Bible says clearly and the Supreme court at that time, we never dreamed would have three empty seats and then be replaced. And I just, I did feel a sense of, uh, it was worth it all. Oh yeah. I mean, we went through hell. I'll be honest. I mean, we, we went through, we went through brutal attacks, serious attacks. Some people just really, uh, to this day, pastor friends that will not speak or call me, they, they know me. And they, it's just, you know, it's just, uh, I, I haven't changed. I've always been, what does the Bible say? That's, yeah. That, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, but not in a spirit of uh, gloating or, arrogance or how we were right or anything like that. It's more of a humility that I feel of saying somehow, some way, maybe the preachers, the courageous preachers, and there's a lot of young ones out there sitting with one that took a stand and said, life is right and standing for life is right to see this happen and know that uh, generations that it was a big moment for me yesterday. I, it was a big moment for Christianity. Yeah. Because if anything now in modern times come down to right, wrong, uh, life, death, sin, Christian, it's that, it's this one thing. And back in the day when I started, like in 1986, to send a uh, packet to a school, we used to mail them out, and it would start by saying, Born to an unwed teenager who once considered abortion her option, wow. Reggie is 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 happy to be alive. But we had to change it because a lot of schools says we don't want him because he has a, he's going to talk about abortion. And I go, I don't talk about abortion, but it's a fact that a school teacher talked my mom into giving birth to me. Good. That was just it. And so, but now and literally yesterday, I was just like, my wife's like, "You're pretty happy, aren't you?" I said, "I." I didn't think I would see this. I knew the I fight would connect. And what happens next, I don't know. But for right now, a pastor said it from the platform last night. It's almost like God said, I ain't done yet. I got hope for this generation. He said he was going to pour out his power on all gen- in the last generation, and we're going to see him come again. 
I believe we're in that gap right now. That we're exists. in that almost about to split the eastern sky and we're going home gap. So now is the time for you young preachers to get it going, all right? <laughs> this is no this podcast is perfect. What we're doing is right. We encourage you, get on our shoulders and keep climbing. Because guess what? We're not the fastest. We're the same age. Me and Pastor, we're not the fastest. It's a relay race. If it is, we're about to pass that baton off. And we know what we get to do. We don't get to just disappear and go to old folks' home. We get to run to the finish line and watch you guys hit the tape. And we're going to be yelling and screaming, going, go, boys. Yes, we win. Because when you win, we get the medal, too. Wow. I was actually at a, a pastor's conference in Miami this week. And Roy Gerald, who, if you, you know, yeah. is, is pastored for 50-some years in St. Louis area, and has kid, all of his kids are in the ministry, and he's he's not, not he's sitting on the the front row, excuse me, of this uh, conference, but he's not doing anything the whole conference, and I'm 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 seeing some of the parts of it, and I look down and I see him, and, and I felt sorry for him, like man, after all those years of preaching and teaching and ministering, uh, he's just sitting there, and it just it it bothered me. And then we went into a time of worship and I went over to the side and I was watching him and all he was doing was worshiping. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me that, that you, you just got a picture of what the finish line looks like. Come on. You're not a, you don't know, we, the, the end point's not the stage. The end point's when you're sitting on the front row clapping for his grandson that is on the stage. Come on. Oh yes. man. You know, that's yeah. the goal. That's the, that's the win. He's just sitting there. It's very powerful. 90 years old. Run his race. That's awesome. It was beautiful. Yeah. And it gave me hope that that's, that's a big deal. Talk to some of the pastors that are listening about the next generation. What can we do to, you know, because pastors seem to get discouraged. It's hard to find a great youth pastor. It's yeah. hard. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's an inconsistent arena. Um, what, what can pastors do? Step over the doubt that you have and grasp the hope that you have. Because there's something in every one of those young preachers that they do really, really good. Grab onto that and build off of it. Let them know. Think about our generation. You can tell me everything wrong, and I'll, I'll go out and fix it, and I can go. This generation, you got to give them something good, then correct them. It's good. Otherwise, they ain't gonna, they're like, he don't like me no more. He don't like, but that's the way they grew up. They grew up, you don't get your Xbox for a week if you do wrong. We grew up, you go to school with a limp if you do wrong. I mean, dude, it's just instantaneous. <laughs> you did wrong, pay for it, let's go. But when you grow up in those different atmospheres, the way you handle is different, all right? So, yeah, they may need to have, you know what, that was a great sermon last Wednesday. I listened to it on YouTube. You listen to my sermon, and let me show you what we got to do better. They're still, I'm going to listen to you because you said you listened to my sermon. So you can correct them because you gave them something right. That's the way this generation works. That's the way they are. And then in the end, they'll remember you correcting them, but they also remember you gave them time when they wasn't around to hear what they did. So they need to listen to you in return because they know that you care about them. So I might, I don't know if you'll get it or not. I don't know if you'll, but that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. And you young guys, don't worry about it. You got to be corrected. You need to learn it from us and not the world. You Amen. want pastors to correct you, not the lady on the third row who's ticked off already. All right. So learn correction. Let us do it. We love you because you, we want you to be better than us. We want you to be faster and greater than us and always be a 
Be teachable. If you're a young man, be teachable. Don't think you know everything, because guess what? I still don't know everything, and I'm almost 60. It's good. It is true. You, you think you know, and then you get older, and you realize, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and to be honest, one more, sometimes it's better to reverse it. Like me being mentored by a 30-year-old. That's good. I have heard that. I can exactly learn something right. from agree. a 30-year-old that I don't even know because they're living in this time better than I am. So I have guys in my life who are 25, 30. I have a couple of 20-year-olds who are just amazing. And they'll come in and go, hey, let me tell you what's happening right now. Let me tell you, here's this. This is where kids are now. Absolutely. I go, are you kidding me? I would never know unless I was teachable enough to let a kid teach an old man. Well, my daughters are very involved in, in this conference and uh, they're, you know, in their 20s. And it just it just really makes a difference. I so understand Absolutely. that. I think, too, the older we get as pastors, the more we withdraw ourselves from our youth groups. And that that's a, I don't understand why. I think it's because it's a little bit intimidating to us. Yeah. We feel stronger when we're behind that pulpit in our world versus going into their world on a yeah, Wednesday night yeah, or a Thursday yeah, night yeah. or a Sunday night. And, uh, you know, you can't, that you, you either walk in and you, they know you care and they love you and you love them. That there's, there's something about going back to the basics when you go minister to young people, yeah. as you yeah, well have said. Absolutely. So I think it's uh, just making that extra effort as a pastor to try to stay connected to the youth group, even if it means going to a camp. I know you've done that. Uh, I learned from you, uh, he'll get on the bus and when his kids go on a camp or come to forward conference or something like that, he's gotten on the bus, he and his wife and rode with them just to hang out with them. Well, guess what? Well, I learned that from you. Well, when I did our youth camp, you and Sharice rode on the bus up with us. And some of the Hundreds most of meaningful things happen. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, you know, just eating together and riding on a bus and spending. We're not talking about masses amounts of times, but it's amazing. Just a little investment from the senior pastor into the into the ministry there. And same true with children's ministry. And I need to do it better because we just get so yeah, busy. Absolutely. And we and yet they're really the very heartbeat of the church. Absolutely. Yeah, the five the fivefold ministry does not include youth pastor. Whoa. Right? <laughs> so Well you were a youth pastor. You can speak from that perspective too. Yeah. Well, before it's, you it's, yeah. the, the it's the young people are under the same covering in a church as everybody else. It's the covering of, of that pastor, that voice that's there. And that youth pastor's job is just to facilitate the pastor's heart to that those kids. Wow. And so as pastors, you can't be negligent. You don't have to do it once a month, a couple times a year, you know, go on a trip with them, go speak to the youth group. It doesn't take it. And if you're a youth pastor listening, you got to keep asking your pastor you hey, you, and you got to keep pushing yep. your and creating the, the perfect moment that that's a big thing every, every single year um, when, when that, when that happens. So, boy, that's a huge point because if you don't get in our world, you know, and, and so many youth pastors, uh, I think struggle with, with feeling like, you know, I, I don't need to bother the pastor. I don't need yeah. to bother. That's my job is to do, but, but really if you sense that, 
disconnect starting to happen, one of the greatest things you can do is be a friend to that pastor by just, I got to have some time. I need to get with you. I need to talk to you. I need you to, I need to go out to lunch with you, something like that. You know, I, I mean, you, I'm busy. Everybody's busy. But you know what? I'm not that busy because I care about my youth group. Absolutely. That's right. So, Absolutely. And it is true. One of the jobs of the pastor it, or the youth pastor is to point kids to the pastor, to the church. But one of the best ways we can do that is not just by talking about them, but they get to see them. Yeah. They get to see their their pastor. And then, yeah. and then coaching the pastor, hey, listen, there's a bunch of kids that don't go to church. Their families don't go to church. Yeah, yeah. But if you would come and love on them, minister and pray for them and ask them to come Sunday and bring their parents, uh, it, it goes a long way. Too. I agree. Uh, Reggie, I know your time is limited. You're speaking tonight, so I want to yeah. let you go in a few hours, actually. And I want to let you go, but I want to ask you a couple of things about communicating, about communicating specifically to young people. Yeah. Can you give us any secrets, any things? How do you, how do you, uh, maintain the interest? Uh, you're, you're, you're not a young little rooster here. I mean, (laughs) how do you hold, I've watched you, you hold captive an audience. You have that ability. And I realize a lot of that's your style and the way you do it, but you've also, I'm sure there's some practical things that you could say to communicators and even parents. Yeah. What is it that matters? How do you how do you speak to young people, and and communicate effectively? There are three things, and, and it doesn't matter if it's church or a public school setting. Three things I want I want to bring across, and I'll show you how I do it. First, I need every person to know they're loved, and that's just who you are. You can get up. I could look in a camera or on a microphone and say, "I just came to tell you, I love you." And genuinely, if you really care, kids can sniff out a liar so true. and a fake. A mile away, but they can sniff. If they can sniff that out, genuine, they can sniff out as fast, just as fast. So if you really care and you say, I love you, it'll snap a room. A a public school assembly program switches everything because there's something about this dude. This guy really does care. Second thing is I let kids know this. You have value and you have purpose and that you have there's a reason. For your life. There's a reason that you're breathing. There's a reason that you're here. And people, uh, yeah, I'm saying I'm young people communicating, but it's really everybody needs to know they have value today. Because there are dads taking their life, leaving four or five kids behind, thinking that they're better off without them being there. They need a dad or a preacher or a pastor to step in and go, you have value, you have purpose. So no one said that. How do I value purpose? Maybe you need to stick around and come back next week, and I'll let you know what that is. That's what they're thinking. No one told me I had value except this man. Why? I got to figure it out. And here they come, back again, again. The last thing I do, you're loved, you have value and purpose, and here's the key. With young people especially, I hear you, Mm. that they're heard. And the stuff that I so do, good. the sermons that I preach, especially the young people, especially, I come to forward, and it's probably, I don't, I don't say you should do this. I don't have a sermon every year I come to forward, but I'm in every session. And I'm, I'm like putting my puzzle together on Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night, or uh, last night. Okay, I, I'm stealing your sermon. Please. Absolutely. Just one time. Please. But I'm going to pass a quarter Give out a to everybody in the church. Everybody's going to have a quarter. I'm going to say, don't spend this. You need to keep this. Put it in your pocket. If you don't have cash, put it in your pocket. So every time, every night, every morning, you go to put your pants on or you breach in your pocket, you're going to feel that 25 cents. And I'll remember you to be aware of that. 
25th bear. Oh, that's wow. So, so oh, I was wow. like, oh, my See, goodness. That, but, I but, need you to preach it, and then I'll take it back. <laughs> <laughs> but little stuff like that. Yeah. But I have been, I've trained myself to look and think, dude, if a kid had a quarter or every time they'll see a that's quarter, really good. they're just like 25, that's the bear. I can't do that. I got to be right. If something's wrong in their life, they see a quarter. You'd be, assimilate stuff. Assimilate. Take the world, what they have, put a sermon to it, make it similar. Like tonight. Two words. Let's go. I'm going to say it. They'll repeat it. You're going to wake up tomorrow morning going, let's go. We're going to do it so many times tonight. It has nothing to do with the sermon, but everything to do with keeping them engaged, keeping them right there. Let's go. Let's go. If you notice, Pastor, his sermon was probably 28, 28, 28 29 minutes long. You don't have to go an hour to impress right. God. That's exactly Dude, right. you don't have to do that. Dude, a sitcom is 19 minutes long. Then with commercials, it's 30 minutes. But in 19 minutes, they can make a million dollars each actor because they do something in that 19 minutes that makes people want to tune in next week. I would dare say if you have not, if you can't do it in 19 minutes, you probably, you probably, you you think more of your speaking ability than, than you, than you all, because this is a different generation. And I, you know, I'm, I, I have a, on a regular Sunday, I'll have a keyboard player come yep. out in 30 minutes. I want them. I don't care how long. I don't yep. care what I do. I want to hear that sound in 30 minutes. It means I need to get to whatever I'm ending this thing and do it now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know. I, I really think that's. It sounds like it's not a big deal. Yeah. But if you're gonna try to communicate to kids, you better you better it's hold it to about 15, deal. 19 minutes. It's a big but deal. But you can get a lot done. Oh yeah. You know, I I, I marveled today at at uh, the styles, the different styles, but both rich rich messages. Uh, Jake uh, uh, Fu Fuqua Fuqua. <laughs> I have a hard time. Foo fighters. Saying, yeah, Foo Fighters. <laughs> Jake Foo Fighters. He preached, and uh, it, it was a real, um, almost theological type message. Yeah. And then you had Javon preaching just straight just fire, Pentecostal Man. style, and it was just, uh, yeah. it was amazing. Both revelation, and uh, they both found their thing. But you know, you got to get up and get it done, right? Absolutely. Those are the three things. So what are you thinking uh, at the end of the message? You you said you work from the back, so you know where you're going at the end most yes. of the time? Yes. Yeah, that's important. And Absolutely. Do you normally yeah. have a song that you have asked them to prepare? I don't usually or, have a song. Yeah. I just ha- I know. Any what practical the, I, things that like a youth pastor or anybody trying to communicate as a senior yeah, pastor? Yeah, absolutely. Why? Yeah. Why are you preaching that? Right. So what? Why? Yeah. Why? Why when they leave the room? What is in their mind? What do they want to leave the room? What do you want your people leaving going? Yes, that's what I needed. That's it right there. That's 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 the point. And it it could be one, it could be two. I try to at least have three cuz one point might hit a group. Yeah. And they said I had to respond because of the first point. Yeah. Somebody else, it was the second point. Another person, it was the third point. Or it was the first illustration. Or it was the last illustration. You don't know. So don't just go for the loss in a practical way to a communicator. You know, it's always, that's always one of my three. Yeah. Because I'm going to go for the loss. But try to be extremely sensitive to the Holy Spirit and even what you have been preaching to go after those specific. And I love that. What a profound uh, communication skill that you can grab from that. 
always have three landing strips, Absolutely. basically. You, you never know, so that you, wow. so you never that know you what plane somebody impact. else is on. Yeah, you make yeah. the impact Absolutely. of that message go in yeah. three veins. Yeah. Tremendous. And so here's what I want you to do. Is that kind of what you're what no, you end absolutely, with absolutely in here's these what, if these three areas yeah i want you to talk to your wife about this or this or this when you get in the car and if they can remember when they get in the car it's that's gonna right. be all right that's great so, and you know oh, what you got to do last thing Sunday. sunday's the day yeah if you're a pastor it's super bowl sunday come on and you only got 52 of them so you need to go for that ring every 50, you need to have 52 rings on that. New Year's Eve. You need to just look at all the 52 rings for your that. championships that you have and get ready to win them again. Come on. You, there's no time off. Go and for the ring. And if you take time off, you need to find somebody who you can trust. Because if you take time off, why are you worried about what's happening at your church? You need to have somebody you trust that you are, hey, it's and all I, good. And I guess you know you're one of those that I, yeah, that I trust. <laughs> Absolutely. I, when I'm... When I'm when I can't be in the pulpit, I've got some great people on yeah. staff, but I also, you're one of the most trusted voices. And oh. boy, if you're a pastor out there, and he doesn't need somewhere <laughs> to go, but honestly, uh, there's nobody greater. And we love you and we honor you. Absolutely. We appreciate you. you. Would you mind saying a word of prayer? You know, I know, again, oh, we need to let you We're go, good. We're fine. But, uh, I'm already done. I got this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, share anything else you feel. Uh, I'll, I'll do one more thing. Just tell you one Please. more thing. Uh, he could have he picked anybody, but he picked us. Hey, you notice I didn't say he picked you. No, he picked us. Because uh, you might be a dude out in the middle of Iowa with 100 people in your church. Right. Dude, guess what? We're right there with you. That's why these guys are doing this. That's why I'm in this. You're not alone. You're just not alone. The, the saddest thing for me in COVID was I, I, I buried five friends. All five were preachers, and three took their life. And the three that took their life wrote me and said, Thank you for everything you've done. It's not because of you. If I had more friends like you, I think I would have made it. Wow. And, and, and look, I'll be your friend. That's powerful. I might, you may have only heard me. You may never even know who I am, but I'll be your friend. Reggie, your it's friend. hard. It's oh, hard. It's, ministry it's hard is being hard. Enemies. Ministry. I'm telling you, I'm, I've, I, I guess in the ministry world, you know, we've seen, we've, we've, gone to the top of the mountain in some ways. Yeah. And it's not what people think. No. There's no amount of whatever that can make you uh, want the kind of pressure and the kind of load that ministry can become. And so, boy, to hear that moved me to my core, you know, that, that three out of five even had one friend that yeah. they could reach out to goes right back to the purpose of this podcast. This is why, exactly. We don't know what we're doing with this, Absolutely. to be quite honest, except we felt pastors and young preachers and even just good Christian young leaders, they need a friend. They need, especially pastors, need yeah. a friend yeah. that, that they can. Um, and I don't know what where we're going with this, but we're going to figure it out because uh, I, think I was that do guy. a pastor conference. Well, there you I'm, go. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'll come for free. I ain't joking. <laughs> I ain't even speaking. I'm gonna sit on the front row. I'll pay. I'll pay. Cause dude, guys are wanting stuff like this. Yeah. They're like, how do we do this? How do we make? How do we? Where can we go? And and, 
And I, I'll be honest, in public schools, a, a motivational speaker in public school, I, we have a company, one of the best that we started, it's all Christian based, but they seriously have us lay on a couch and talk to a dude three times a year. So good. As a public school speaker. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, now wait a minute, all I do is give the same speech every day in a public school and they think I need help because of what I see in these kids. What does a pastor need 52 weeks a year? That's just when he's in front of people. Then all the rest of the week, he's answering calls, he's burying, he's marrying, he's watching guys beat their wife, he's watching people die, people commit suicide. If I need to be on a couch for a public school speaker, maybe we need somebody to talk so, to too. That's strong. They, they, I, it's what is it? Thirteen hundred pastors leave the ministry a month, yeah. I believe. I mean, don't might want to check that. But ain't nothing wrong with ain't nothing only, wrong with laying on the couch. Only every 8%. pro player, every exactly. pro athlete has to have a psychologist, psychiatrist. And if, if what they do, they need something like that, dude. My the wife, devil's my, after my us. wife and I see someone every month, every month. Absolutely, four hours a month. Absolutely. If you would have told me even even five years ago that I would sit for four hours a month in one setting and I don't dread it, I look forward to it. I, I went to it, I know it all. I went yeah. to it thinking I'm going to do this for her. And honestly, Reggie, it's been, it's been life-changing for me. Because I did not understand how much I carried even yeah. from other things. And, I, you know, I'm not a weak person. I'm not a weak no. leader. I'm, I'm, I, I'm very decisive. Man I know. But there's an accumulative uh, thing that when you just keep going, because like you said, the stuff just keeps coming. Yeah. A funeral, another one, another one, this, that, this, that, the church, this ministry, that, this campus, that campus. And you just keep uh, you keep taking it on. You never really let it unload. And uh, boy, you—if you just talk to somebody, if you got somebody to talk to, it—it it just helps your marriage. It you're not weak. You. No, you're, you're not just weak. human. That's and it. we are all human. It's very powerful. This is important. That's what we're saying it. right oh, now. Oh, it's so—it's going to save somebody's life. Can save and our it, life. If you're out there and you feel alone, yeah. And as, as, as Pastor Reggie talked about, you're at that kind of a place. You don't feel like you got nobody just send a message you know you can code it you can do whatever yeah yeah and i'll personally be the one that calls you, you. Will so too. um yeah. you know don't don't you know don't give up you know it's you're gonna be all right and um you just need need the right people telling you that absolutely so. i'll pray yeah jesus thank, thank you. you thank you for every man every woman every person that's watching listening hearing this god thank you for hope thank you for hope Thank you, God, that we go through struggles and we're not ashamed to let other people know that, hey, I hurt, you hurt, we hurt, let's get better together. Because, God, that's what this is about. It's about us realizing he's not, every day is not rainbows and sunshines, and the world has a way of knocking you down and trying to keep you there. But with God's help, we can move forward. we got to keep moving forward. So, Jesus, Jesus touch my friends. Touch Amen. them all. Give them hope. Give somebody peace right now. Give a family what they need. God, let a pastor go home and say, baby, listen to this and let him hear this and, and let him and let his wife know I'm going to make it. We're going to make it together. Give us hope in Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Beautiful. Thank you, Reggie. Thank you, you Amen. guys. Don't forget, if you enjoyed it, hit the subscribe button. Yeah, subscribe. Uh, make a comment. Do something. Tell somebody about it. Share it on a social media platform, and we'll see. We'll see you next month. Thank you. Absolutely. You're the best. Thank you for joining us for Mentoring Moments with Jensen Franklin and Marcus Meekum. Leave a comment to join the conversation. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.